We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Watt Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. Um, it's Tuesday, and uh, really not much going on, you know, personally. I mean, I, I spent, I think, you know, obviously we had Mother's Day weekend, but, you know, you do the whole usual dinner, and I think we, I think we just barbecue on the grill. Nothing too, you know, nothing too exciting. I mean, I... Personally, the way Mother's Day has transpired over the you know the years, I remember it's a busy day, especially in in terms of restaurants. Now, I mean, it's it's nuts. So for me, if I could stay away from all that, I would. It's I would. I think. I mean, for anyone in terms of Houston. It's actually a perfect time to go to the zoo because on Mother's Day, everybody's going to cookouts or they're cooking on the grill at home or they're at restaurants. They're not at the zoo. So yeah, if you're listening to this, you're from Houston or just in general in the, you know, even Pittsburgh, whatever, if you're looking for a great time to go to the zoo, do it on Mother's Day. It'll be empty. Uh, I spent the weekend also watching Cobra Kai. I um, I watched the first two episodes of it. You know, if you want, you can watch them. They're fr- the first two episodes of Cobra Kai are free on YouTube. So I upgraded to our YouTube Red for the free trial, and it's weird having a uh, it's it's weird having YouTube tr- Red because the thing about having this app. Is that when you cl- when you play a song or anything now? When you close YouTube, the song still plays. I know when I was trying to shut off um, and switch to something else, you know, from watching Cobra Kai, the show it was still playing. But anyways, Cobra Kai was really good. I love how they try to, how they went into this generation. Is to relate, you know, to relate to it. Basically, Johnny's clientele is bullied millennial kids, and he's trained to be badasses, pretty much. And you know, they do incorporate a lot of the old, jo- you know, the the old Johnny. Not so much the old Johnny, but the roles that William Zabka used to play. <clears throat> Excuse me. Zabka played a lot of bully. A lot of jock bully rules, uh, rules back in the day, and that's pretty much the reason why he stopped acting. Like he just got out of acting. 
and then he had, you know I listened to one of his inter- inter- interviews during I think um, it was the 25th anniversary of Karate Kid that's pretty much what he what he said for the most part was the reason why he got out of acting was pretty much all the rules he was getting were these bully rules and he got tired of it and so he went into more into he went to more into writing and screenplay and all that other stuff theater you know he just went and did something else but you have a lot of that. You have a lot of that in there, incorporating to you know more of a, I guess, you know, more of a sense of Johnny, where I guess he's learning from his mistakes and trying to put his life together. And of course, you got Daniel, who's been he's been very successful since you know winning all those tournaments. He's got his own dealership, and of course, he has kids, and he's dealing with all that all that crap. Of course, he doesn't like it when uh, Johnny wants to do Cobra Kai and tr- does some. Daniel kind of stoops to his level on certain occasions, but oh, I'll stop. I'll stop it right there and let you know there's some really good scenes. You could probably you could probably look them up on YouTube. They're there, some good stuff. But uh, let's get back to uh, sports get some little stuff out of the way. I guess Pit Hoops added a, tra- added a grad transfer and uh, I know I'm going to butcher his name, but Sid- his name is Sidi Deer. He's from uh, New Mexico State. And I guess when I was told Jason Jason Cable likes this guy. I don't know. I think if anything, he's just he, really he's just a body. That's all he is. I mean, if we're being honest. It's not like they landed somebody who was really, you know, who was really good, and he's just looking for somewhere else, somewhere else to land. No, I mean that's just a body. I mean, he, I mean, if anything, he's a senior. Maybe he plays kind of a Crash Davis type role, where he's been, you know, he's been there and he's been to the show, and he tells these other guys, you know, gives them words of words of words of advice and wisdom and things like that. Really, it's all I really see of him. That's about it. Probably Pitt has at least two scholarships to fill yet. So I'm curious what they do with them. I know I know, up the, the front court is the big concern right now. Pitt needs that a big man, but I'm not sure who's, who's left it that's out there. So, at the end of the day, trust the process. And I guess Pitt, who, Pitt football lost a player yesterday. Ruben Flowers transferred out of Pitt. Um, I thought he had the potential to lock some big minutes this year. He had a lot of potential coming out of high school. He was a four-star recruit receiver. But unfortunately for Flowers, you know, things just never took off here. I mean, he got playing time last year and really didn't create much of a splash. And pretty much when you're a four-star receiver, that's pretty much the expectation is you're going to create some noise. And we all saw what happened with the spring game where a lot of, of Pitt's uh, starting receivers... We're out due to injury. Guys like Flowers 
had a chance to step in and shine while these guys were gone, and they were just very underwhelming. So, not that much. He's got players behind him coming in. And I, like I said, it goes back to what someone told me when their uh, when their nephew got a um, a Division One NCAA scholarship with a major program. Well, they once were major, I guess you can say. But basically, you got to train hard every day, work hard every day, get better every day, because they're recruit above and around you. So you got to get get a pretty much make your presence known, get your role. Speaking of losing players, oh, I should have just brought that up too as well. As I venture up with pit hoops, Parker Stewart's going to go play for his dad at UT Martin, I guess, which was, you know, doesn't surprise me, given his dad was handling his PR work. There's other places he could have landed, but he went to go play for his dad, and hey, you know, if he wants to do it, go do it. You know, he does. he's no longer a pit, so I doesn't really matter where he where, you know, to me where he goes. And you know, fathers, you know, there's been lot there's been plenty of father son combos and coaching. I mean you had, you had obviously you had you had McDermott's at uh, Creighton, I believe. You had those guys. You obviously have Bobby Knight and Patrick Knight. I think Patrick Knight's a coach somewhere or he was coaching. So those are some examples to knock, you know, to, you know, to, you know, to knock off. But that's all. I, I mean, I thought I thought it was all, but it's not really surprising because he had other hits, scholarships with different P five schools he could he could have took. But I don't know, whatever. It's not my scholarship. I don't care. And so the big story from over the weekend was pit softball. Pit softball made some noise through the ACC tournament. You know, they had some drama here and there. You know, Virginia Tech walk-off homer. And they made their way up to the ACC tournament final, and you know they won their division as well. They they won the coastal. But people said, you know, they may had they may, despite that they still would have trouble getting in, which they did because they got the they got the tournament final. And I remember, I forget what I was doing that day, but I, I remember checking with Twitter and it was 4 nothing, and I was running some errands. And I saw they were 4 nothing. That's where I was taking my kids to lunch, I believe. I was taking my kids out. Yeah, it was 4-1 when we left. 
I remember it was 4 nothing, and then all of a sudden Florida State started scoring runs, and I said, oh boy, here we go. So I remember then as I was coming back home later in the day, I looked on Twitter, and of course, I saw a few tweets, and yep. Pitt lost 5-4 in a walk-off home, walk-off home And as some people said, that picture, you know, Pitt's picture was becoming, was becoming unglued before their eyes, and it was just sad to see. But, tough loss, and the expectation was Pitt would go, and, um, you know, they were just getting a large bid in the NCAA tournament. And naturally, Pitt got snubbed. And naturally, the, um, Notre Dame got in, and supposedly Notre Dame was fourth on the coastal, whereas Pitt was, Pitt was you know, Pitt won, won the coastal. And if we're looking at RPI, because it's such a big measurement, depending on your agenda, Pitt's Notre Dame's RPI was barely any different from each other. Notre Dame's was higher, was a better RPI, but not by not by much. Maybe a few, just a few, few spots. That's that's it. But naturally, they're going to roll in, in, in these type of situations. They're always going to roll in their name's favor. That's that's just that, that's just how it is. And it's like that in college basketball too. You may have, you may be a mid major and you may have an RPI of forty, but they're going to but the 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 the, um, the committee they'll take a team from a P five conference like say like the SEC with a nineteen and fifteen record RPI being like sixty three. They'll get in over the over the mid major with four, with an RPI of forty and they're probably a better. Better record and everything else. And if I'm the committee, I'm looking at Pitts running through the ACC tournament. I'm like, hey, you know, these guys are these girls, these, not the girls, not guys. These girls are playing pretty well. They may make some doors in the tournament, but no. Obviously, in case of Pitt, they had to win. They had to win their um, conference title, which goes to show you how tough it is. To, how tough it is really to be a mid-major, especially if you play in a one-bit conference at that. Whereas, you may have the best team in that in that, in that uh, conference, but there's obviously a chance that you're not going to. Um, there's a chance you may not um, play in March Madness come tournament time. You may get knocked off by a lesser team during the tournament. So, trying to schedule the right, you know, teams is important out of conference, but of course, you may be so good as a mid-major that that those major teams don't want to schedule you because it just doesn't benefit them. So, obviously a lot of politics here and there in that case. But anyways, I got got my 15 minutes into this. Really, this is pretty much like you say, glorified news dump. I did see one blog by the name of Bilo Sports. He 
he's I guess doing uh, draft grades for the NFL. And he, he did some uh, he did he did some projected win totals for for the, for the ACC football teams, and I'll probably dig, dig a little you know, dive a little deeper into this, you know, next 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 uh, show. But he has pit so far projected winning only two games this year, and that's Syracuse and Albany. Well. To me, if he's made, I'm, I'm I'm curious how he's making his projections, which I'll probably ask him. How 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 are you projecting Pitt to win two games next year? And if you look at Pitt's schedule, he does list the teams he projects that they'll lose to. And obviously, Pitt's schedule is going to be a lot tougher than, than, than you know, very tough this year. That's why you know the defense I think will play well, but the offense it's vital that they get something get something going. Uh, quarterback, you know, running back are fine. Offensive line, I'm curious how that how that's going to pan out. They they under they are underperformed this past year, and they need somebody to step up in the tight end, you know for a tight end because they need that. Because obviously guys like Orndorff and Holtz are missed, and they need somebody to step up in the receiver game as well. Because Jester Wea is gone, and although he's not much, he's not entirely big loss. They need some other guys to step up at receiver and be the man. Because we really haven't had that in a while. But that's just how that's going to go. But Pitt will win more than two games. If they get some if they get some of their stuff figured out on offense, they'll win seven, eight games. If they have that badass offense like they had in you know, 2016, they may uh, win a lot more games. A lot more than the eight or nine games. We'll see. But, obvi- but your obvious favorite is going to be Clemson every year. Like, you know, that's pretty much going to be automatic for a while. Just like with the uh, Big East in Miami. Towards the end, it was expected that Miami was going to win the conference because they were just, you know, they're Miami. And I guess, um, you know, down in Houston, you know, Lance Erland has his show and he does his uh, his NFL scouting and things. And You know, two players, I guess, that stick out to him that uh, could contribute to the Texans is Jester Weah and Jared Jones Smith. Both were undrafted. You know, these were undrafted players. And in the case of Wea, he knows that they, you know, he really didn't have a um, good situation quarterback, so his numbers suffered. He also shoots himself in the. He acknowledges the fact that Wea shoots himself in the foot a lot at receiver. For you know, for one really good catch he has, he has several bad drops. But he does feel that the Texans could utilize him in some ways. He could be very useful. Like Thomas Train, a useful engine. Then, of course, Jerry John Smith, he really likes. Because of his long arms. and You know, if he gets, the right, you know, if he gets better coaching, because obviously the offensive line underperformed last year, he may be a starter. So, let that sink in.
But anyways, guys, I'll let you get, I'll let you have your uh, day back because I have nothing else to talk about. It's a lot. Basically, this was like a, pretty much a big news dump. But oh well, enjoy. Counterfeit.